0: We are living in an age of enlightenment, constantly discovering new things about the brain and its remarkable process. Welcome to Flourish. I'm Diane Planetin, and you're in the right place if you're a great and inspired life. And we do so by working on our own personal development so we can be strong role models for those we love to mentor and strong for our own personal well being. Today, we continue our journey through the best selling book called The Source by Dr. Tara Swart, and it is an excellent read. And it's important to understand the superpower that is within all of us, because it's fascinating. The reason we have a choice is because we have this superpower. She says, The prefrontal cortex is vital for impulse control and predicting and planning for the future. That's what makes us humans different from animals. All our thoughts are emergent from the chemical and electrical signals that pass across synaptic gaps between our neurons. The more connections we make, the more we're able to unlock the source. And you do that by building pathways. And as pathways become stronger and more established over time, and with repetition, these become the habits and behavior patterns that we may or may not be consciously aware of neuroplasticity means we can disrupt and refine these patterns well into adulthood disrupt the patterns it takes time it takes repetition but you can change these patterns and you do that through neuroplasticity whether it's good or bad and that crown jewel i was just talking about the prefrontal cortex is what makes it all possible. That's why other species, other mammals, do not have the same connections that humans have. I think that's interesting, and I'm not going to get into a lot of technical jargon from the brain, (laughs) but I'm just going to give you little tidbits from this chapter, because once you know about this, then you know you have the power to change. She begins with each tiny little human being being a true miracle from the moment it enters our world and what happens next, especially in the first two years as the brain rapidly develops and we learn to walk and talk. It's incredible. Babies' brains grow by approximately 1% each day for the first weeks after birth. Overall, they grow about 64% from about a third of adult size to over half in the first three months. That is amazing. And then she talks about the cerebellum and it's tucked back in the nape of the neck and is involved with movement and critically with balance and is the fastest growing region early on, more than doubling in the first three months of life. We see the effects of the cerebellum being disturbed when people are drunk. (laughs) As alcohol affects that part of the brain significantly yes that is a peril of alcohol it limits our senses it throws us off balance and it hmm, can impair our judgment also reduce our inhibitions so that's impact because there is no barrier between the blood and the brain when it comes to alcohol That's a very important thing to keep thinking about and reminding ourselves about. She goes on to say, broadly, there are visual, auditory, and even language centers and more in the brain, but all functions rely on complex networks to fire simultaneously and, like a fingerprint, the maps in each of our brains for all the functions will be unique and dynamic. That was a fun tidbit I had no idea about. I mean I knew about the fingerprint, but I didn't realize that we're all very unique when it comes to our brains as well, but that totally makes sense. So she goes on to say the prefrontal cortex is at the very front of the cortex and head and governs logic and creativity. It has increased in size as humans have evolved, is involved in purpose and responsiveness to the outside world, risk-taking, And the ability to work towards a goal, often linked to what we call higher level thinking or executive function. When the prefrontal cortex is not functioning optimally, we become more distracted, forgetful, disinhibited, inattentive, and emotionally erratic. We maintain the same old narrative in our head and tend to continue to repeat previous patterns of behavior, even in the face of change around us. Is this sounding familiar? (laughs) That's what she says. (laughs) It's really important to stay healthy and focus on brain health. Beginning in the new year, I'm going to do an entire series all about brain foods and what you can do for optimizing your health. But right now, we're just going to focus on the source, the brain and just give you a little background information so you can use that superpower. Being able to consider opposing views in our mind and come up with new solutions and responses is one of the highest functions of an optimized brain. We can learn to do this by leveraging whole brain thinking through the association cortices, integrating our senses and using abstract thinking to see patterns that are not obvious. When the source your brain is functioning at its full capacity, it creates space for new connections to develop as our pathways work together laterally and holistically. Creative thought is free to flourish rather than being shut down by the brain that's stuck on autopilot. Now, the autopilot part of the brain is very important because if you had to think about what you do (laughs) every moment of the day, I don't think you'd get anything done. You don't think about walking, you don't think about riding a bike, you don't think about all those functions you do that are on autopilot, but that's the magic of the brain, is you can program it through repetition to make those connections, whether they're good or bad, yourself. You're in complete control. That is magic. That is the difference. She also goes on to talk about the limbic system, tucked away deeper inside the brain and about the size of our fists is the limbic system, the more primal, emotional, and intuitive parts of our brain where our non-conscious habits and behavior patterns are stored. This is a part of the brain that is crucial for us to harness in order to fully maximize the source. So it's associated, as I was mentioning, with your behavior, emotion, motivation, and creation of long-term memories. Mastering our emotions is key to unlocking the source, especially in the modern world, where the powers of emotion and instinct have been sidelined by an overemphasis on logic and analysis. We have become heavily biased in favor of logic when it comes to making decisions and measuring success. This is often at the expense of our deepest wants and needs. Mastering our emotions is key to unlocking the source. And I did a a really good episode based on Robert Greene's best-selling book, The Laws of Human Nature, all about emotions and how if you can harness your emotions, if you can master controlling them for yourself, (laughs) you will unlock that superpower. This particular chapter does go into a lot of science about brain chemistry, etc., but I'm just going to give you a few little tidbits. We're not going to get into the lingo here. She talks about the neurotransmitters and our hmm, moods, emotions, and drives are absolutely correlated. We can take back the power to moderate our very physiology through how we think and look after our bodies rather than remaining at the mercy of the levels, supply, quality, and flow of the various chemicals. The source will help us to learn how to think abundantly, smile until we're happy, exercise to improve mood, learn to delay gratification, and meditate to allay anxiety. The key to maximizing the source is to allow each of the neurotransmitter pathways of the brain to fire up while maintaining a lever of balance and counterbalance between them. Where do you start? How do you do this? Well, she talks about self care. You can do this literally based on how well you take care of yourself. She says the source needs our help to maintain its focus and maximize its efficiency. This is where it changes to our lifestyle. Everything from the foods we eat, number of hours each night we sleep, and physical exercise we get, can bring huge, incremental gain. She begins by talking about rest. Seven to eight hours of sleep. And you know, as you get older, that can get a little more difficult because your body might be ready to sleep that long, but your mind might get going. Or you might be in a job that's shift work. Or you have to get up <laughs> before the sun gets up because you have to get out there and work on the crop. You know, different things like that. And She says it is there is a correlation between the amount of rest to Alzheimer's disease, obesity, and diabetes. The link between poor sleep and dementia is because the cleaning cleansing system of the brain, known as the glymphatic system, takes seven to eight hours to flush toxins out of the brain. So did you know that? That is how we rejuvenate the brain. That's why we need a sleep. That's how we can optimize our performance the next day. If you don't get enough sleep, how do you feel? Do you feel groggy? Do you drink too much coffee then? <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's very, very important, and it's very important that it's regulated, and it's fascinating that that is how our brain releases the toxin. You can improve the quality of sleep. Next, she talks about fuel. Our brain comprises only 2% of our body weight, but uses up to 25 to 30% of what we eat, and it cannot store fuel for later. Research shows that being hungry impacts significantly on decision making, on big picture decisions, as well as minor ones. Eating a healthy and balanced diet rich in protein with some whole grains, because grains do contain all the essential amino acids that are building blocks of cells, and good fats. Yes, the good fats. The natural oils, the coconut oil, the olive oil. Avocado oil, those type of oils is what she references in this book. So if you're fueling your brain slash body with a cup of coffee and a couple of donuts, you're not really feeding it properly. And it's not going to accept and burn that energy. It's going to place it somewhere else on your body that you're not going to like. (laughs) Just saying. The brain is smart and it's only going to use up the energy that's good. That's good, powerful food. I love that. Next, she says, hydrate. The brain is approximately 78% water. So it's easy to understand how brain function directly relates to hydration. A 1% to 3% decrease in hydration levels can negatively impact our focus, attention, and memory. That's why every child should carry. A bottle of water in every adult. And the next thing she says is oxygenate. Exercise not only energizes our body and brain, causing us to breathe more deeply, which oxygenates cells throughout our body, it has also been found to improve neuroplasticity itself. It makes the brain more agile. Those who exercise have better, higher brain functions like emotional regulation and flexible thinking, and are better able to quickly switch between tasks. I like that. Start the day. If you're going to school, walking to school, work, any type of physical activity that you can, just sneak in there every day, five minutes, an hour, depending on your schedule it makes such a big difference. And I actually noticed that last year when the kids uh, were going to school after the bell would ring, the teachers would have them all walk around the block a couple of times. (laughs) Why not? And actually by walking around the block, you keep them more focused on the pathway versus just going outside and playing. You actually physically have to walk. Oxygenate the brain. Get that superpower everything it needs. She goes on to say there was a study about the protein in our brain called BDNF, that means brain-derived neurotraffic factor, which has a direct correlation between exercising and not exercising. How you feel. If you're depressed, maybe you're not getting enough of that into your brain. In this study, The adults who performed a session of high-intensity exercise experienced higher BDNF levels and improvements in cognitive function. But what about how you feel while you're doing it? Believe it or not, when we do exercise that we enjoy, we release more BDNF than we do when it feels like a chore. And that goes for a lot of things you do, right? Intention appears to be important in brain activity. Wanting to do something, characteristic of an optimistic, abundant attitude, makes it more <laughs> makes it more beneficial. So, whatever that is for you, what do you enjoy doing? What's not going to be a chore? I'm just going to give you for instance. Think about it. When you're out shopping for Christmas, for holidays, for birthdays, for traditional celebrations, and you have to go to the mall, (laughs) maybe it's not the shopping experience all unto itself that's making you happy. Maybe it's because you're out there. You're walking the mall. You're going. You're going from store to store. You're looking, but you're active. So if you're active and you love shopping, I'm not saying you have to buy anything, But maybe that's where you get your activity. Go to the mall. Maybe you like cycling like I do. I'm Peloton crazy woman. So that's my go-to happy place for exercise. Some people like running the treadmill. Even if you just want to walk the dog, you're going to have a happier brain. And as a result, be more powerful because of it. And that's why this book was my choice as the game changer for the end of the year to set yourself up for success come the new year. Once all the holiday partying, et cetera, is done and January 1 hits and you're like, oh, I think I ate too many donuts and that wasn't good for my brain. (laughs) This is the groundwork. that's going to set you on the right path. And Finally, she talks about clean your environment. Is your home calm and happy? Is it somewhere you can think clearly? Is my workspace somewhere I can be creative and focused? A home environment that offers a pleasant sensory experience is one that will help you feel calm and secure, a space to recover from stresses and worry. Although factors such as these are not as significant to our well-being as the amount of sleep we get, They will still impact on our energy, motivation, and self-image. Ensuring that you minimize clutter will help you feel in control. And the more organized you can feel, the more you surround yourself with beauty. The more you get up, turn around, make your bed. First thing of the day, look what you've accomplished. You've already accomplished something. And you've heard this in many, many, many motivational speeches. You begin the day with a win. The rest of your day is going to look amazing. So now that you have identified areas for improvement, hmm, pick something on that list, right? Turn to the back of your journal or your to-do list. Everything you want to change from now on. You're doing everything you can to support your brain in sleeping, eating well, drinking enough water, exercising regularly, cleaning up your environment. The more respect we afford to our brain and body by prioritizing sleep, nutritious meals, and drinking plenty of water, strengthening our mind and body with exercise and mindfulness, the more positive energy we will have and the easier it will be to be in balance with ourselves. Your body is your temple. Your brain runs your body. (laughs) (laughs) So, you have to feed it very well. Keep hydrated. Get moving. Even if it just means going to the mall. Taking care of your brain will bring the brain, body, mind, spirit, intentions, intuition, all, all, all into balance. You'll live in alignment. And you will live a more inspired life. Well, if you like the show, share it with somebody you know, and hey, hit that subscribe button. You don't want to miss the next chapter. I'll see you then.